the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Hello. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Before we kick off Monday and before we get into the election Tuesday, let's go back in the Wayback Machine to Fry. Yay! It was the fourth worst week of the S&P 500 so far this year. Okay. That gives us some perspective. It was a bad week. There was a big sell-off in the middle, and it kind of lingered lower. Um... Worst week, the fourth worst week of the year. Suddenly, it doesn't feel that bad, right? Perspective is so important. But when you're living in it, um, and I was living in it last week, I had to look. I was like, how low did we go in March, April? And seeing it made me feel a little bit better. CDC set guidelines for cruises to return to doing what they do best, cruise. No date was provided, but companies like Carnival Cruise Lines and Royal Caribbean, Norwegian Cruise Lines all went remarkably higher in a down market. Twitter had a rough day, down 21% on Friday. I bring that up in large part. Not all social media stocks are created alike. And on occasion during earnings season, those monthly average users and monthly new users and... How many, what's the churn? They do mean something. I saw one analyst today <clears throat> say that a big fund has recently sold Apple and replaced it with Neo and Zoom. And I'm like, no, don't sell my Apple. But it makes sense. A $2 trillion company is a $2 trillion company. That's a big one. That's like coming over. Your friend says, hey, can you help me move? Well, what kind of stuff do you have? Oh, not too much. And then you get there and it's not too much, but there's a couch that it's like, it's, it's, it's dinosaur size and it's weighted, like made out of lead. Um, it does matter. So <clears throat> ExxonMobil reported earnings early on Friday. They saw revenue drop 29% year over year, giving you some perspective on energy use worldwide. They didn't drop 99%. They dropped 29%. ExxonMobil stock only fell 1%. A lot of it's priced in. And some of it's mispriced. Like Twitter was mispriced too high. Exxon was priced just about right. It didn't move when they showed bad numbers. You see where I'm going at with this? Texans. What's going on in Texas? Other than Texas toast. All my exes live in Texas. What's going on in Texas? They've had over 9 million early votes, which is more than the total votes in 2016. I think we're on track for our first election to surpass the American Idol Voting Finals Championships, which is a (laughs) condemnation on America. 
No Democratic candidate has won the Lone Star State since 1976. Elections one day. I'm kind of stoked in a funny way. Um, I just hope it's not too calamitous because then Wall Street's going to be calamitous and you're going to get nervous. Hmm. What else is there to say? As far as last week goes, last week closed out October, a month that has been full of negative surprises in the past. And utilities were the only sector that were positive for the month. Bitcoin is pressing against its 2019 highs. And if you think there's going to be drama tomorrow and Wednesday, Um, and for the record, the Supreme Court's hearing a case on Wednesday with the new Supreme Court justice, and it happens to be on lesbian gay rights matters. Um, I think there's some, there's potential drama in the United States to be uh, out there. Um, just throwing that out there. Steve Cohen bought a baseball team. It's good to be a billionaire, is it not? Personal spending increased 1.4% this September, following a 9% boost in U.S. income. That income boost wasn't very good, but the spending boost, we're like, yeah, that's pretty good. We're pleased with that, especially in times of COVID. Are you with me or are you against me? Do you feel weird that I keep saying times of COVID, and I say it like that, times of COVID? 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. So we kind of wrapped up Friday and October. It, it was a bad month in a pretty decent year. There will be speculation in the next 24 hours about the election outcome, which itself seems to have a wide range of potential outcomes. First range of outcomes, contested or not contested. Second, a Biden win or a Trump win. Third, a Biden win with a Democratic sweep of the House and Senate. Fourth, a Biden win with a split Congress. Fifth, a Trump win with a split Congress. In theory, let's see, a Biden win or a Trump win. Okay, that's not all that important. Contest or not contest, not all that important. Let's talk about legislature. Biden win with a Democratic sweep. That would get probably the most amount of infrastructure tax spending as possible. That would be a bazooka for Wall Street. A Biden win with a split Congress. That would get us some stimulus. Um, but not to the tune that we want. And a Trump win with a split Congress. Probably the same thing. Stimulus tied towards the economy and not much else. So it'd be gridlock in the final two scenarios. The only one that sends a big old bazooka of love would probably be the, see, I don't see the Republicans. Anyway, I'm overanalyzing this. But you get where we're going at with this. It's a big 24 hours. And again, there's a lot of outcomes, I think, the way I just threw that down there. London. The UK is talking about being shut down all the way through 2020 and into 2021. Oil prices are El Dabola on that news. 
There's an FOMC meeting on Thursday, and everyone will have to wait to see what the Fed's latest thinking is. There's an October employment report on Friday, first Friday of the month, and everyone will have to wait to see what we're taking a look at it with the labor market because Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday is the what everyone's going to be paying attention to. Uh, flood of earnings this week, so there's still more out there. Uh, oil nosedives today. And that's telling you the lockdowns in Europe and U.S. COVID cases. I saw that we were up to 99,000. I was trying to do the math on that. How many Americans are there? Something like 350 million. And if we're at 100,000 a day, you take that 99,000 and you start adding three zeros to it to figure out how many, what, what percentage of America is currently infected with the virus. And it's high. Um, so it's, it's getting there, right? Not sure if heard men mentality will work, but, uh, now I'm being silly. Oh, the more scale you have right now, the, the better placed you are for semiconductors. We'll talk about that in a little bit more later in the show. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Over 94 million ballots have been cast ahead of Election Day. I'm actually kind of proud of America on that. I'm not making a political statement, but it's seems like a pretty great country to live in most of the time and voting is a cool cool thing that a lot of people in other countries wish they had um in fact i can tell you that when i traveled overseas as a child and as a young man i was raised overseas the one thing that anyone in spain or portugal or anywhere in the world anyone who was slightly educated what they knew and they loved about america was our bill of rights they didn't necessarily love Reagan. They didn't necessarily love Carter. They didn't necessarily like Republicans or Democrats. What they loved was our Bill of Rights. The right to vote being one of them. The right to have a gun being one of them. The right to choose your religion. Um, good things. So Friday was bad. Today's positive. One of the things I want to throw out there for you, uh, chicken littles, the sky is falling. The sky is falling. And I, I might be wrong on this, but I'll say this. We had two bad months in a row, September and October bad. That's good in case something goes muck tomorrow. That takes some of the stress and the, some of the steam out of the market. So instead of going down 1,200 points in a day, we might go down 120 with chaos. Not sure if you pick it up what I'm putting down, brother. You know how I like to say brother. <laughs> brother is one of those things that's not, it wasn't in my lexicon as a child. Growing up overseas, it's referred to people as brothers. Wasn't all that in a bucket of chicken. But um, I never got into, uh, I don't want to call it professional wrestling. The Debbie, I never got into Hulk Hogan or the Iron Sheik. I think they're genius characters, but I never got into it. The COVID-19 pandemic has shut down sports hardcore 
and the WWE is, we all know, is considered a sport, it gets crazy amount of eyeballs from children. And I guess young adults, I, I don't even know their demographics perfectly. But they posted a 19% increase. Are you freaking kidding me? A 19% increase in revenue during COVID? Hold on. Well, I was looking at Netflix. WWE was sneaking up and getting subscribers. Yep. It's where I failed you, my friends. My brothers. The wrestling entertainment company posted an operating income of $63 million, an increase of nearly $57 million. So average paid subscribers for their network up 6% to about 1.6 million. Digital video views increased 3% in the third quarter for a total of 9.2 billion. Hours consumed increased 3% to 342 million. The WWE has recently surpassed 50 billion views on YouTube, making WWE the fifth most YouTube watch channel in the world. Stop and think about that for a second. If you've listened to the show over the last few years, you know, I say things like my children don't even know what ABC or NBC is. Like if you were to say, hey, put it on NBC, they'd look at you like, what's that mean? If you were to say, go find a YouTube video on WWE, they'd get to it instantly. It's just a different society we're living, different generation, right? WWE has benefited from production cost savings related to COVID-19. Digital content will continue to perform well. Rating pressures have weighed on the shares. They have a lot of TV shows on. I think they have Monday night, Raw, Friday night, something. I, I'm not quite sure how their lineup happens, but I think they have a Monday and a Friday and maybe even a Thursday. Smackdown's in there somewhere. but And it's really, it's kind of interesting because they use the three different platform shows to feed from the bottom up. So they may try a new character um, in honor of Kobe Bryant. They may call it Black Mamba. But in this case, it's going to be a mom. And it's an uh, African-American woman. And they'll test her and see if the fans boo, if they love it. Um, they'll say, okay, maybe she could disrupt the champion. And maybe she'll be the disruptor that beats the champion five times. But she never holds on the championship for more than a week. It's a heartbreak story. And then when she finally holds on, like, they test out their stories through the different channels. It's pretty interesting to me. Um, the company has taken the implementation of the WWE Thunderdome, which is really kind of out of all the sports that are doing cardboard cutouts. And some of them, like the NBA, did this, you know, weird thing during the playoffs where you saw the fans. They were at home cheering on the couch. What WWE did was they turned it into Tina Turner's Thunderdome from Bad Max. Um, and they've done a really, really nice job of it to the point that other sports may want to consider it. Uh, technology similar to what was used in the NBA restarted season, but I think the WWE does a better job of it. But give them credit during times of COVID. You can't have, you know, 18,000 people at an arena. Of which I once got tickets for a girlfriend and her little brother because her brother liked the WWE. I once got tickets to the WWE. True story. I saw Hulk Hogan wrestle the Iron Sheik. I was probably 16 to 21 years old and just trying to get a girl to like me. 
So I didn't have a puppy, so I went through her, her brother. That's all I got to say about that. I'm sticking to that story. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Don't be shy. Anything you ever want to talk about, we can talk about. Taking a look at the driving force on the market today. A little bit of rebound by the dip activity. Broad-based gains heading into a very eventful week. Manufacturing in the United States increased in September. The news out of China last night, when I went to bed, probably 8.39, I looked overseas to see what was happening. I saw that China had a very good manufacturing report. I was like, that's going to be a plus. And it's hanging in there. Um, can't say it's the best day ever. Clorox. Clorox. Company that makes those Clorox wipes that we couldn't find in March, and April, and May. Um, they had a nice quarter. So stock is up 6% on that news. So what type of investor are you? Are you a wait and see how things go tomorrow? Are you an all-in kind of today with an inkling? I'm kind of apathetic when it comes to getting emotional, so uh, I'm not stressed. The Russell 2000 versus the S&P 500 is giving us a little bit of a tell right now. This looks more technical rebound than new money going to work. In theory, I'm maybe overreading this. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, 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 death, 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 taxes, taxes, taxes. Those are the things that kind of we can count on, right? Why do I talk death? Because while you live, you have the ability to earn income. When you're dead, you don't earn income. Unless you happen to be one of those super thrifty couples who, well, the wife finds the husband dead in the bed one morning and says, well, let's just bury him in the backyard and keep getting that social security check. Then you're dead and still making money. But that doesn't happen very often. And that's evil Rob Black. I have a character in my head that comes up with ways of saving money that's not exactly the coolest or nicest. Like when your neighbor goes on vacation, get a long hose and connect the water to his house and water your lawn that way. It's a joke. Get a big extension and plug into his outside outlet and run your air conditioning on it. Again, a joke. Criminal activity is not funny. But evil Rob Black kind of likes the idea. Another evil Rob Blackism is the idea. Um, which one was this one? Let's see. Evil Rob Black would do stupid stuff like buy cable converters or steal cable from neighbors. Evil Rob Black would do stuff like that. Um, and the only reason I bring up that character is to get you thinking like everything truly does have a, a financial approach to it. So let's talk a little bit about the elections. I promise not to do this very often. But who who's going to be the best candidate for me is how a lot of Americans vote. I know you're saying that's a horrible way to vote. You should vote your social conscience. 
you should do the right thing. A lot of people say, well, if I have a job, I feel pretty good about it. Wherever you are, I guarantee there's people in other parts of America that don't look like you or have income like you, whether it's more or less. I think we live in a pretty diverse country. Um, Trump and taxes, Trump and Joe Biden, obviously, are candidates. And even though they have these financial plans, it's going to depend on how the Congress gets voted to. But Trump's taxes, the Trump campaign said it would cut taxes to boost take-home pay to keep jobs in America. Experts think he's going to try to do this by building on the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, which was his probably signature legislative piece from the first term. It, the 2017 tax code got overhauled for individuals and businesses. I think the bottom line, if I were to simplify it for everyone who doesn't really care during the regular time of the year, was that it roughly doubled the standard deduction, limited some itemized deductions, like one for state and local taxes. The law cut taxes for Americans across all income groups. Um, but clearly, a lot of the benefit went to the top earners, the richest Americans. About 76% of the estimated 259 billion taxpayers' total savings in 2019 went to those who make over 100,000 a year. Keep in mind, the average American makes about 55, 58,000 a year. So for this election season, Trump has said, let's get a, some more tax cut going for that middle class because we kind of didn't work over on it too well for them. He's also proposing cutting the taxes on capital gains, which is at the current rate of 20%. Keep in mind, we went from a tax rate of 15% to 20%. Obama got the health care um, extra surcharge of 3.8% tax on it. Um, is that legal? Is it not legal? Supreme Court, blah, blah, blah. You get the idea. But for me, that's one that's important. I own a lot of Apple. And if the tax rate for selling a profit, let's say $200,000 profit is 15% on $100,000, I would lose $15,000. On selling $100,000 right now, I would lose $20,000. If the tax rate goes up, I would lose $25,000. So I may say I'm out or I may go ahead and book some gains this year versus waiting for the tax plan to be rehauled next year. I would think companies that have had massive runs like Tesla and Apple and Microsoft and Facebook and Google and Netflix, you might see some selling pressure if there's a blue sweep. It's mega. It's significant. Uh, a lot of the ultra high net worth people make a great deal of their income through investment income. Now, onto the world of Biden and taxes. I think I summed up Trump's basic ideas. Biden would boost the child tax credit to $3,000 for kids 17 and younger, plus a $600 bonus for children under six. The current credit is $2,000 for kids under 17. This is going to be a controversial statement. A lot of people are poor because they have children or they have too many children. If the average American's making $60,000 a year and they have one kid, the government gives them $2,000. Woohoo! 
honey, we made a baby. We get $2,000. I'm trying to raise a kid for $2,000. It's not that much. So boosting it from 2,000 to 3,000 is a lot. And then boosting how much extra bonus for a child under six when they're very expensive. Diapers aren't cheap. Um, that would be a plus for the middle class who having children is a financial burden more so than the high earners, less of a burden. Again, this gets back to real life scenarios where I have an ex-girlfriend who reached out to me a couple weeks ago and was asking me financial advice. I was like, why don't you ask your fiance? <laughs> but she had a child out of wedlock. And I was like, a couple questions. Have you saved anything for retirement? How old are you? How much income do you make? How much do you save? Um, and I went through all these questions. Are you going to get an inheritance? Are you not going to get an inheritance? Is your daughter going to go to college? No. I was like, oh, you're not going to send your daughter to college. She just can't afford it. I was like, interesting. Um, I was lucky enough that I was raised into a, what essentially amounted to a middle-class family, maybe slightly higher middle-class, upper middle-class. And there was expectations we would go to college on loans or grants or scholarships. There was no, we're paying for all of you, but there was an expectation that we'd all go to college. Her? Nope. And again, why do I bring that up? Because she's probably one of those people who makes 58000 So any extra savings might have led to a, a life starting earlier. Is she going to fall through the cracks? Nope. Is her daughter going to have as good of opportunity as I did with a college degree? College degrees don't mean a lot to me. College degrees to me mean um, you can get up early and you can stay up late and you can do what a professor asks you to. Unless you get a math and science degree. I think math and science are the way to go. But any degree will say to the world, I can kind of play by the rules. So that's where Biden is looking helping low and middle income taxpayers and basically charging the wealthy to fund it by increasing the tax rate on people who earn over 400,000 from 37% to almost 40, 39.6 by limiting the amount of itemized deductions for charitable donations and medical costs for wealthy households by increasing taxes paid on capital goods to 39.6% for those making more than one million a year, almost double the current rate of 20%. And that would definitively make the market sell off as people protect 20% taxes. You could sell today and pay 20% or you could sell January, whatever the tax plan goes through and pay double. Um, you're gonna see people protect. It's like there was a big article in the New York Times this weekend um, where they were interviewing financial workers, and they're like, why are you leaving New York City? And they're like, because I'm going to pay no taxes in Texas. You're like, whoa. But you have to live in Texas. Well, there's some lovely parts to live in Texas. Just throwing it out there. Biden's plan calls for boosting Social Security checks for individuals in many ways. For example, his proposal would raise monthly payments for seniors who've been receiving payments for at least 20 years to protect them against depleted retirement savings. I like the sound of that. I don't want to see a 76-year-old person who's run out of money having to, you know, go into a trailer park or give up health care. 
it's setting the minimum 125% above the poverty level for people who've worked at least 30 years, mostly survivor benefits for widows and widowers would grow by about 20%. My father passed away 25 years ago, roughly. Um, my mom's still alive and my dad had an income then, but that was converted into his uh, military retirement benefit. So she gets about $40,000 a year, which isn't bad, except for the nursing home costs $100,000 a year. Um, so at some point, if she lives another three or four years, she's going to run out of money. And Biden's trying to say, Let, let's give people like that a little bit more. That's out there. Biden would impose Social Security payroll taxes on high earners to improve the comp, uh, program solvency. Currently, workers pay 6.2% from wages, capped at 137000 a year. Biden would also apply taxes to earnings over $400,000. Um, it's interesting because 400000 is a high salary in Oklahoma. A $400,000 salary is your middle class in the Bay Area. I'm not going to say middle class. That's a little offensive. I'll say upper middle class. But you may not be able to afford a home to live in. A lot going on. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. So I can't get away from this election story, and I'm trying. I, I did a good job talking about WWE for a minute or two, but Gold is going to be something we watch on Tuesday. Typically when there's increased volatility, and I don't know if I'm doing it a justice or injustice when I say this out loud, a lot of people fear that Trump said something over the weekend that any swing state that he loses, he's sending the lawyers into. And I don't know if I'm going conspiracy theory here, but a lot of people think that there will be riots in the street, that Trump will encourage the states that are in disarray to become even more in disarray, therefore creating a situation where maybe the eye is not on the ball and the courts can somehow finagle a win. A lot of people are thinking that. And if that's the case, gold is going to be a dynamic player. There's no doubt volatility and gold go hand in hand. I like the news daylight savings time, just for the record. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. That's our first. That's gold cherry drop. Gold has explosive upside during periods of volatility. Um, if I were to do it instead of going to your local neighborhood gold dealer, which there typically aren't many, I would buy the ETF called GLD. And I, I think it's okay if you're fearful and if it fits into your investment plan and if you've consulted a broker or advisor who knows you and your personal situations, if you want it to head into owning gold into an election, I don't think that's a horrible idea. If the election's contestant, the outcome may not be certain and the legitimacy will no doubt be challenged in some circles uh, no matter you know what side wins and it'll be vicious. Gold has explosive upside in the coming months. Um, 
depending on a the election volatility and b in my opinion the size of the stimulus if we go with a two three four trillion dollar stimulus there will be people on cnbc who goes that's ludicrous you can't just open up the, the federal mint and, and print that many dollars you can't do it it's irresponsible it's dilutive it makes us look like we can't solve our own problems we just turn on the printing process printing presses Printing process works, but printing presses is what I meant to say. So in the case of print money, print money, print money, print money, you get into a situation where like, but, but I loaned you a dollar and now you're saying it's only worth 98 cents or 96 cents or 94 cents. I gave you a real dollar a couple years ago. Now you're diluting it by printing more of them. It creates a problem. Gold for better, for worse is gold. It's a pretty rock. You can make jewelry out of it. It has a little bit of industrial use, not much. Copper is much more of an industrial metal where if we do get $4 trillion stimulus, gold may go higher based on the dilutive effect of the dollar. Or if we get a $4 trillion stimulus package tied towards infrastructure, copper may go higher tied towards if you're going to be building roads, building buildings, building airports, fixing bridges, it's going to take a lot of copper. That's all I got out there for you. Semiconductor deals are the second biggest story maybe of the year or third. Let's see. COVID, economic shutdown, one. I'd say social media getting grilled in front of Congress a couple times this year, maybe two. Weak oil, three for sure. And then you get semiconductor deals that are happening at an alarming pace. The buy-in frenzy has as much to do with physics as balance sheets. As billions of transistors that power today's chips grow closer to a single atom in size, the research and development costs have mounted. So size matters. Companies are buying each other to get access to each other's R&D budget and technologies. AMD last week reached a deal to buy Xilinx for $35 billion a 25% premium. Semiconductor is in a high stakes poker game right now. The more scale you have, the broader the solutions you can put together, the more you can do for your customers. Remember how earlier in the show I told you a big mutual fund sold off Apple to buy Neo, which is an electric vehicle car out of China and Zoom. And I said, that kind of makes sense to me, a $2 trillion company versus companies that are hundreds of billions that have upside especially if they continue to be implemented as they have been implemented in the last year, two years. So Xilinx has long been known for its expertise in so-called field programmable gate arrays. AMD's chief rival, Intel, oh, wait, wait, what I was going to tell you is, remember I told you Apple got sold off in that fund? Intel got sold off too. So Intel seems to be a little bit of... I hate to say this, but the biggest loser in semiconductors right now, NVIDIA is going after ARM Holdings, AMD is going after Xilinx, Intel's struggling to uh, maintain its dominance that they once had. They acquired Altera for $16.7 billion in 2015, which gave them that field programmable gate race. Um, but the chip giant's up just 48% in the past five years, badly underperforming the S&P 500. 
So there's a high stakes game going on with AMD Xilinx right now. Um, AMD stock is up 2,200% since 2014. 2,200%. They're doing something right. NVIDIA is doing something right. Intel's doing something like taking their eye off the ball. Marvel Technology Group is buying a data center chip maker, Infi, for $10 billion. Smaller deal, but still a big deal. To the, I mean, they're a smaller company, too. Um, a lot of the companies like AMD and NVIDIA right now, they're not looking for new markets. They're looking to double down in current markets like data center, fiber optic components. Um, I don't know. I think that's one of the big financial stories of this year. Call me cray cray. Hey, everyone, it's Craig Craig Black and your money. <laughs> What's left of it? I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com.